Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Billy Jouse. Billy is an author, and she's written Distraction Detox, Release Emotional Barriers, Restructure Priorities, and Realize God's Best. Billy, it is an honor to have you here today. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to hearing what you've got to say. And uh, obviously, that is uh, a captivating title. So how did you come up with that? And and where did that come from? Yeah, um, this is my second book. And my first book was Making Room, Doing Less So God Could Do More. So that was more about those external distractions, the busyness of life that we get into that take us in directions God may not have intended because we're just saying no, saying yes to things and not saying no to much. And so in that book, in chapter two, there was a section that talked about internal and external distractions. And I got more speaking engagements about the internal distractions. And when I'm going to go speak on something or write about something, I want to really understand all about it. So I started digging into the internal distractions we have, those self-limiting beliefs, the negative thinking, the negative thoughts. And I was shocked when I started really thinking about it, how many things I say to myself that are not nice, that are not good, you know, and I started, I'm a list maker and a journaler. So I started making a list. And as I'm making a list, I looked at all of them and it, it broke my heart. I didn't realize that I am my biggest bully. I'm the one that talks the worst to me. I would never say those things to my husband or my children or a friend or someone in passing. I would never say things to them like I say to myself. And so that took me on this journey of realizing how discouraged and defeated I was in that season of life. And I didn't realize it. Um, I think that was the most shocking thing. And then started going through the process of, of how to get rid of those, how to take control of those. And in the end, it turned into such a transformation in my life that brought me such peace and joy at the same time and fulfillment and purpose that I knew that it wasn't a message I needed to keep to myself. Well, that's really good. And and what's interesting is I was looking on Facebook earlier and I saw somebody posting about internal and external distractions. While I'm being distracted, uh, I'm I'm seeing something about internal and external distractions. So it is interesting because we we all do have, you know, number one, we've got our own, you know, voice that that we hear speaking, but we've also got the voice of the Holy Spirit. We've got the voice of the enemy. I mean, there's so many different voices and in all of those, you know, one's trying to lead us in the right direction. And the other two are typically not necessarily doing that. So, uh, and then plenty of external distractions. And I just mentioned one. Uh, So from that standpoint, uh, tell us about the book and tell us how it deals with those different distractions and what people can do to detox and, um, you know, how they can get rid of those things. 
Yeah. Um, in the book, so Distraction Detox, we go into the beginning of what are the emotional toxins, I call them, that keep us stifled in our faith because the enemy's going to do anything he can to keep us from fulfilling anything for the Lord. And in that, he will attack us in our minds. He will take us down in one of the most powerful things we have in our spirit and our mind in controlling that. And so when we go into the book, we start off with um, releasing those emotional barriers. What are the emotional toxins that we have? We evaluate them. We determine what they are. We evaluate them. So we determine them by making a list, really being aware of how we're speaking to ourselves, the voices in our in our head. And then we examine them because we can't, in my opinion, and it never worked for me to take a thought captive, put it on a piece of paper, burn it, and it was gone, right? No, that didn't work. And so what I wanted to do was to look at those emotional toxins and why are they there? Sometimes they're just there because we create a story in our head. Sometimes they're there because someone's spoken that over us and we've taken it on as truth. And we have taken it on as a new story. We've created a story that is not based on truth. It's based on a lie, on a deception. And then we move into terminating those toxins. And when I talk about terminating the toxins, after we've captured that thought, evaluated why it's there, how it makes us feel, that's another big point I go into because it is a feeling. We have feelings with that and we need to feel those but not stay stuck in those feelings and move into terminating it, which is taking that deception and replacing it with a truth, which is scripture. And so I go through a few different deceptions that I ran across or women that I had discussions with ran across and gave scripture that would replace those toxic thoughts. And then once we're replacing it, we're allowing ourselves to open up to believing who God is, who he's created us to be, and where he desires to work in and through our lives. Because if we're not, if we're filled with all these negative thoughts, it stifles what we can do for the Lord. When the Lord calls us into something, I abuse this example a lot. If the Lord called me into a Bible study and I walk to the door and I look around the room and say, I'm not as good as her. I don't belong in that group. I'm not as smart as them. I can't understand the Bible because somebody told me freshman year of high school that I, I wasn't smart enough to interpret books the way the author wanted them to. If I, when, and I have done this, walked into a door of a Bible study with all those thoughts going on and very well wanted to turn around and run and not go into the Bible study because I don't add up. No one in that room told me that. The Lord has not told me that, but I've told myself that and I've created this story that then builds fear. It builds unbelief because I'm not believing what God's telling me. And then shame and guilt come hand in hand and, you know, we're guilty of, oh, we should have gone to Bible study. I should have done this, you know, and the shame of not doing it. And so with terminating those toxins, which is to get into that habit of as soon as you have a thought like that, because unfortunately, this book is not going to heal you of every negative thought you have, and you're never going to have them again. But it is going to help you create a habit that takes that thought captive, replaces it with truth, and be able to step out in faith. That's really good, because on a daily basis, people are bombarded with lies. Every single day, they're bombarded with lies about who the world says they are. And the reality is 
that there's nobody out there that that was not, you know, that, that Jesus didn't know before they were formed in their mother's womb. That there's nobody out there that God doesn't have plans and a purpose for, plans to prosper them and to give them hope and to not harm them. And and so from that standpoint, you know, and we also have the mind of Christ. You know, we're, we're seated in heavenly places. There there are incredible truths, and there's only one truth, and that is the Word of God. And so truth, as it becomes subjective, then people try to find their truth and they're trying to line up, you know, whatever their truth is that's based on lies and and it's never going to be fulfilling and it's never going to be accurate. So I think it is extremely important that you identify what those lies are that you're believing and then you replace it with God's word, because when you stand on his word, that is when you can start walking in purpose. That is when you can start you yeah. know, fully coming alive in who he created you to be. So from yeah. that standpoint, you, you walk people through this and, you know, what, what does that look like as they start, you know, determining what those lies are, they start, uh, you know, walking in the fullness tell us what's on the other side of that. Yeah. So in the, and I want to go back to one thing too, in the book, at the end of every chapter, I take them through a detox challenge and it builds on each of the steps through the fifth, chapter 15. There are 15 chapters. And so the detox builds and it's not like one do this, two do that. It really is a walkthrough of reconnecting with Jesus in a deeper way, leaving those thoughts behind, making lists of them, you know, all the types of things that we're going to do. I start off every one with begin with prayer. Always start with prayer because we have to connect in that in that vertical way. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus through it all. And so then we walk through and we start creating a spiritual health plan because when we're living in lies, when we're overtaken by these negative emotional toxins, we cannot live spiritually healthy. You know, because those negative thoughts, the imposter syndrome, I don't belong, I'm not good enough, I'm a terrible mother, I'm a terrible father, I'm a terrible whatever, wife, husband, that takes us on the spiral down into deep, dark places that we cannot live spiritually healthy. So as we walk through this, we create this spiritual health plan. The way that I explain it is we cannot sit on the couch as a potato chip Christian with a bag of chips eaten one by by another saying, Lord, move in and through my life. And we're doing nothing but sitting there eating chips. No, chips are good. Don't get me wrong. But we've got to put a plan together to actually outline a plan of what we're going to do. It's not like goal setting or we're going to, you know, be Insta famous or it's what are we going to do one step, one decision, one action at a time, the next thing that God's calling us into? And then the last part of the detox is executing that plan, getting off that couch. You can sit on the couch with the chips to make your plan, but then you got to get up and you got to walk it out in that one small step because it doesn't, things don't always happen with the Lord of boom, here's your purpose. Boom. Here's where you need to be. Let me show you the 12 step plan to get to where I want you to be, you know, signed by God. It's not like that. It's taking that one step of faith with that courageous confidence that we get through replacing those toxins and that boldness of faith that we get in, in believing in that truth. 
and getting to know the Lord and who he is and what he desires to do in and through our lives. And in that we become, we fall in more in love with Jesus. And the more we fall in love with Jesus, the better our spiritual health is. So in that spiritual health plan, it's just walking out a few things of what we plan to do to continue to create that habit of taking that thought captive, replacing it with truth and stepping out in faith. That's good because, you know, faith requires action. Yes. And and I was on a call last night. I'm going to a, a heaven and business conference next week in Redding, California. And um, the, the speaker was talking about, um, you know, how she's a strategist. You know, she walks closely with the Lord, but she's still a strategist. God made her a strategist, but she's asking yeah. the Lord, what is the right strategy? Then she's implementing those strategies. And, and I just yeah. talked about the fact that, you know, on one side, you've got people that are, you know, just they're making their own plans and they want the Lord to bless their plans. They're not asking him about anything. They're not walking with him. They're just, you know, praying on the way to, you know, whatever chaotic schedule they've they've put in front of themselves. And they're saying, bless this Lord. And then the other side, you've got people that are, you know, asking the Lord for all of these different things, but they're not walking it out at all. They're They're just expecting him to do it all. Somewhere in between, we've got to have the faith, yeah. but we've also got to have the works. We've got to, you know, seek the Lord. We've got to put a plan in place one step at a time. You know, the word is a light unto our, was it light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. So from that standpoint, it means as we take a step, you know, it. It, it, he illuminates the next step. It's not that we see the whole pathway all at once sometimes. And that's, scary. I mean, I, I get it that that stepping out in faith is scary, but at the same time, it's a faith journey. You know, so it, yeah. it, if you're, you know, expecting to see it all before you move it in the first inch, you're probably not going to see a lot of the Lord moving in your life because it requires stepping out, not knowing what it's going to look like. But on the other side of that, it is so rewarding. And yeah. so, uh, I mean, I'm I'm sure that when you wrote your first book, you weren't exactly comfortable with uh, what that looked like or knew exactly what you were doing, but the Lord probably directed you to do that. And as you start doing it, the words start to come to you. And then it's like, oh, you're supposed to write a, a second book. And as you yeah. do that, it gets a little bit easier and a little bit better. Doesn't mean it's less challenging. It's just, you know, you're, you're a little bit more comfortable as you continue to walk in that purpose. So from yeah. that standpoint, you're you're taking people through these things, and you know what what does freedom look like for you? You know, as you've gotten rid of these toxic thoughts, as you've walked more in that purpose, you know what what does that look like for you? Yeah, the freedom freedom that I've experienced through this because I don't write a book because I think somebody else needs it. I've written the book because I needed it. I went through it, and God has brought me out on the other side. And that freedom that you that I experienced after going through this process was that freedom of, you know, what is Galatians 5, 1, for it is freedom. I'm not going to, I'm probably going to butcher this. I am not good at memorizing scripture. I tell this all the time. And then the fear of sounding stupid when I say it, but for it's, um, it's freedom that's given by Christ that we don't have to hold on to that yoke of slavery. We could stand firm in God's word and not hold on to the yoke of slavery. For me, it was giving up that yoke of slavery of the toxic thoughts I had. 
those emotional barriers that I put up that stopped me from taking those steps into those opportunities that God was presenting to me. You know, be that sitting beside someone at a ballpark and the Lord telling me to pray with them or talk to them or ask them a certain question and I not do it because I'm afraid I'm going to look dumb or I'm not smart enough to recite scripture because I can't memorize scripture. It would hold me back. And the freedom that came with, you know what? I'm smart. I'm I'm not dumb because I can't memorize scripture. I just can't memorize it. I know the gist of it. I know the you know the most of it. But in that, it's given me freedom to be able to take that step and talk to that person, to pray for the Muslim man that was my Uber driver that lost five people in his house during the pandemic in New York City, to pray with the young man that was an Uber driver from Afghanistan and he didn't know where his family was during that um, time of, of, of torture. And so those are the things that maybe I would have stepped back from, but now that I have the freedom of Christ of not holding on to that yoke of slavery, those toxic thoughts, I take that thought captive. I replace it with the truth that, you know, instead of being fearful of looking dumb, God has not given me a spirit of fear. He's given me a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. So I'm not crazy. He's given me his Holy Spirit power to work through me. Hey, let me plug into that. Who wouldn't want to plug into that? And of love that I can connect Jesus' love to other people. That freedom to be who God's called me to be and to be who God's calling me to be every day is where that overwhelming peace settles in my spirit. You know, our purpose, I think we get caught up sometimes in our, our purpose. What is my purpose? You know, I, I mentor a lot of young wives and mothers. And what is my purpose? I want to know my purpose. Your purpose changes over time, like your perception of purpose. But your number one purpose is to glorify a God wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And if you are doing that, you are fulfilling that purpose for him. If you have the freedom to fulfill that purpose every day, you're going to walk in that peace. You're going to walk in that fulfillment. You're going to walk in that freedom. So that's where going through this process took me to a place of letting go of that yoke of slavery, of what I was thinking, allowing it to hold me back and actually step out in faith for the Lord. Yeah, I think that's really good. Stay tuned. We'll have more Living Life on Purpose after we hear from one of our sponsors. Are you a business person that's hungry for more of the Holy Spirit at work? Partnering with God is what you were designed for. Experiencing God at work and being a blessing to the city that you live in is accessible to every believer. Hearing from God for your business and city shouldn't feel mysterious or inaccessible. Heaven and Business exists to give you access to the tools and training you need to equip you to grow with God in business and influence. Begin with our free trial and an online membership, then explore the events, community, and other resources. Check out heavenandbusiness.com today if this is what you're looking for, and I promise you won't be disappointed. And now, back to Living Life on Purpose with your host, Matt Wilson. You talked about the Lord speaking to us, and you know it, it's really no different than if you've got a house and it's full of clutter, and you're really trying to get organized, but you, you don't get rid of any of the junk, you know, until you get rid of the junk and get it out of your house, you're you're not going to be able to organize your house properly. And so it's the same thing with our mind or with our spirit. 
you know, the more junk that we've got in our mind, the more junk that we've got all around us, you know, the harder it's going to be. It's a still soft voice. The Holy Spirit is a still soft voice. So we've got to declutter. We've got to get quiet. We've got to spend time with the creator of the universe who wants to spend time with us. And as we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And as we do that, we get those directives. We get those assignments. Mm -hmm. And it can be daily, every single day. He's looking for people. He's speaking to all of us, but he's looking for those people that will say, yes, you know, I want you to pray for that cab driver. I want you to pray for that person at the gym. I want you to pray for that person at the grocery store. Why? Because they need encouragement. And sometimes he'll give you a little bit more detail than that. And it blows their mind. Hey, how did you know that? I I didn't know anything. The Lord told me that you were going through something. And, And it's amazing that there are, there's so many people that are walking around with all of that weight and they're walking around with all of that. And, and again, it's it's a veil and they're not even aware that that veil needs to be removed so that they can see clearly to what God has for them. And, you know, I just, I think that once you do experience that freedom, once you realize like I've been walking in deception for a long time and you finally get out of it, it's like, this is, this is a whole new ball game. Like this is a whole, whole new, new world, world that I didn't even yeah. know that I was able to play in. Like I, I didn't know yeah. that the Lord wanted me to participate in this. I thought that I was just here to, you know, live and pay bills and, you know, make sure my family's taken care of and, you know, be successful, quote unquote, and then die one day. And then who knows what happens. after? There's so many people that are just doing that on a daily basis. And the Lord has so much for you, but you've got to choose to eliminate the junk and allow him to move. And it, it starts with participation. So you know, from that standpoint, you know, as you are sharing this with people, you, you said you've done a, a lot of interviews just today. Uh, as you're getting this message out, is it resonating with people? Are they like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I was so distracted. I do need to get rid of some of these things. Yeah, it's been shocking. And I say nothing ever shocks me when the Lord's hands in it. That's, you know, when the Lord calls you to do something, you're obedient and you follow through. It doesn't shock me. The Lord can do it. It can do what he does. But it shocks me as the pure resonance that has come out of talking with people about this book. Um, I've been interviewed by quite a few men. And one of the questions they ask is, do you think this book will resonate with men? And immediately I say yes, because number one, my husband's the first one that goes through these processes with me, of course. And as I begin to write a book, he's the first one that reads what I'm writing and gives me feedback on it. So not that I'm writing to men or women, I'm writing to children of God. You know, naturally, I lean towards writing to women because, you know, those are my girls. Those are the people I mentor. Those are the things I do. But I believe it resonates with many people in that. And I've had a lot of people say to me, I am so excited about your book. One interview today, the lady's like, I'm taking it to my church. We're going to do it with the women's ministry at my church. This need, Women need to overcome this. People need to overcome those toxic thoughts. We all have them. You know, we talk about the busyness in our life and how there's so much chaos going on. But what happened in March of 2020? Did you, did your calendar look like it does today? Mine did. 
Mine went down to nothing. My husband's a professional baseball. He went from go, 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 go to shut down in 15 minutes. My, I was at a speaking engagement in Arizona. We went, I went home and stayed. So my calendar shut down, but what didn't shut down? My mind. The revealing of those negative thoughts during that time. And I, I'm so blessed in so many ways that the Lord started this process with me before that happened. You know, before the pandemic hit, we had a tragedy in our family in the summer of 2020. My sister and brother-in-law died in a house fire. It was horrific, horrific. But as I was driving, I live in Florida. My family lives in North Carolina and I flew into North Carolina, had an hour and a half drive. And the whole way I started with the questions, the thoughts that, you know, it was just burning inside of me. You know, all the questions we asked, why, Lord? Why? Why did this have to happen? What happened? Let me know. You know, I can't believe this. And why did you do it to them? Why did you do it to our family? All the thoughts. But because I've been going through that process, I was able to stop. And one of the things when you were talking earlier, the word that keeps coming to me is pause. Pause where you are. Connect with the Lord first and foremost. Always start with prayer. Anything you're doing, I say, always start with prayer. And focus on him. So in that, as I was pulling off the highway to go to my family's farm, and my sister's house was on the farm, I stopped and I paused and I was like, Lord, I'm not going to be able to do this without you. And he spoke very clearly to me. And he said, one thing at a time, one thing at a time. And so in that, I took those thoughts captive. I replaced it with truth that I already knew because I had been going through this process, this practice, this habit forming. And I was able to take my thoughts captive. I was able to replace that with truth. And driving into my farm, into our farm, I was able to start seeing the fingerprints of God everywhere during that. I was able to lean on Jesus. Now, our family is big and we are loud and we are country folks. So it was everybody grieved in their own different way. We all went at it a different way. But the one thing that I felt like I was able to do, as were a few other of my family members, were was to take it back to Jesus. Like, this is horrific, but right now I'm sort of jealous of my sister and brother-in-law because they're standing face to face with Jesus. I'm standing here having to clean up the mess. They're in the, they're in the presence of God right now. And then there were all these dragonflies everywhere. One of my nieces came up and she goes, do you know the symbolism of dragonflies? And I said, no, she said, angels are with you. You're protected. And I thought, Lord, you are so good. And the narrative shifted in a way that those types of God's fingerprints started being seen. The little old man in his beat up little truck with his work clothes on, dirty from his work day. You know, it was the middle of summer in North Carolina. It ain't cold. It was, it's hot. And he just drove up and he had, you know, you could tell he'd been working all day. His truck's all beat up. He had beat up clothes on. And he came to me and he said, they told me you're the lady to give this to. And I said, what's that? He said, it's all I got. But the Lord told me to stop and give you this. And I want you to have it. And it was a balled up $10 bill that he has straightened up and given to me. And I just grabbed him and I hugged him and I said, God bless you for being obedient to Christ. Like to say no to him. No, no, no. You keep the money. You keep the money was dishonoring into what God had called him to do. So then we were sitting there like, this is such a God thing. This man is so obedient to the Lord. Look where the Lord is in this. 
So in that time, I was able to put into practice what I had been learning all along and seeing the peace and the freedom and the ability to see God's hand in everything. And that was amazing. So throughout this time, talking to people about the book, even up till now, I, you know, it seems like it's something that everyone is excited to take for themselves. I never want to be, I don't want to be the center of attention of a book. We have to, because my name's on it. My name didn't have to be on it. I wouldn't be that either, but we have, somebody's name has to be on it. Somebody has to promote God's message. So for me, I don't want to be the one they remember when they read this book. I don't want them to remember my stories. Every chapter has a story. It has scripture. I pull it together. And then there's like application at the end. It's just, that's the way I write. Very applicable, practical, biblically sound. I don't want them to remember me. I don't want them to remember my story. I want them to remember Jesus. And I want them to remember what they can do one step at a time, one decision at a time, one act at a time to step into the place that God's calling them. So yeah, it's been a, it's been an amazing, you know, open arm. We love this book. We're so excited about this book. And it's because of that message of where this book can take people and transform people's thought process. That's awesome. And, you know, yesterday I was on the way home and I was going through a situation and it's like, Lord, you know, if, if you don't come with me, I don't want to go. Like, I, I do not want to do this. I can't do this without you. And he said, good. You know, I've got you where I want you. And I was like, that's, that's a good point. You know, he, he wants us in that place of needing him desperately. You know, if we think that we've got it all figured out on our own, we're, we're not where he wants us because we, no. the things that he's calling us to are far greater than we could ever hope, dream or imagine. And so we, we need to be in that place of reliance and, and self-reliance is where most people want to be. Uh, going back to your, your statement about do men need this? I mentor a lot of men. Yes, they absolutely need this. And, you know, they may call it something different, uh, but, yeah. you know, head trash. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. we've all got the things that we're wrestling with in our head that hold us back from being who God's called us to be. So men, the biggest issue that men face is they won't admit that they've got problems or that they need help because there's so much pride that they need to lay down. But men, if you're out there and you're listening, you need this help just as much as anybody else. I do. And, and I know that, that every other man out there in some way, shape or form, we've got to get rid of these self-limiting beliefs and, and really, truly walk in who God says we are. There, there's a whole world that needs to see Jesus alive in us, men especially, the husbands, the fathers, the leaders. They need to be walking in the fullness of God's purpose for them. It's so important. So, yeah. 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 One other thing I was going to say is, you know, sometimes when we live by faith, we feel like, um, how can I say this? We feel a little weak at times as Christians. Oh, we should be meek and mild. But God has called us to be bold in action. He's called us to be courageous and brave. And in that, if we're allowing our thoughts to stop us and weaken us, then we need to get rid of that. What is it holding us back? And those are the things we need to get rid of. You know, we don't all come at this in the same path. 
And that's one of the things in the book when I go through the deception versus truth, because I go through a list of deceptions. This is not an exhaustive list because you may be coming with something that I haven't dealt with. You may be coming with something that someone said to you 20 years ago, 30 years ago, which I have, you know, it's one of the things that I was called into writing and said no, because my ninth grade teacher told me I wasn't smart enough to interpret a book, right? So I can't write a book if I can't read. I'm not good at reading. That stopped me. You know, what are the things that are holding you back? Whatever path you're coming in from, it still goes to the simplicity of getting rid of what's holding you back and stepping out where God's calling you. Naming that deception and replacing it with God's truth. So no matter what it is, I may not list the exact one that is in your life or the exact name you call it. But that's where you come into it and create it into your own. Put your own names on things, but it's still deception and truth. Put your name on things. You're saying, you know, whatever name you call it is still an emotional toxin. There's a toxicity in there that we need to detox. Absolutely. You know, I'll, uh, I'll share something. When I was in college, I failed public speaking. It wasn't because I was unable to speak publicly but it was because my professor, I chose some topics that were pretty conservative. He was not conservative. He did not yeah. like my topics. So he failed every single one of my speeches. And guess what I do on a regular basis? I speak publicly. This is a public speaking platform, this podcast. you know. So clearly there's no issue with that. But I could have believed that, that I'm not capable of using my voice right. in public to reach people that was a lie from the devil. And I could have partnered with that and it would have robbed God of glory because there are so many testimonies that are shared publicly through me speaking that would have not come to pass had I listened to that lie. Uh, thankfully, uh, I just continued to move forward and I said, hey, um, good luck to you. I'm going in a different direction. But uh, you, you can't allow these things to hold you back from who God says you are. So, Billy, I've really enjoyed having you here today. Uh, oh, this has you. been great. And uh, so how can people learn more about you and the book? The best way to learn all about me, social media links, everything is my website, BillyJouse.com. B-I-L-L-I-E-J-A-U-S-S.com. Excellent. So go to her website get the book and encourage other people. If this has encouraged you, share this with them. And then you can follow us as always on Living Life on Purpose on Facebook and then on Instagram, Living Life on Purpose always. And we appreciate you listening. We will look forward to catching you again in two weeks.